Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hey, welcome back to The Pod Crashed. This week, we're telling the story of Flight 19. Thanks for listening. And we're using the right mics. Okay, it's we the wrong are. time to ask that, but <laughs> yes. We have gotten so many nice messages from people lately so many nice messages so many nice Uh, messages it's been so good to read all of them it's been wonderful Uh, it's wonderful wonderful and okay so i definitely want to say like a special thank you to uh like linda and deborah for sending me so much interesting information (laughs) that actually has some uh not not overlap in the flights but overlap in the region and that will make sense to them and someday it will make sense to you guys (laughs) and um i also feel like such a silly head i'll try not to be mean to myself but our boy joel joel Joel. yes joel Joel. our boy joel like sweet guys joel is very nice hi joel but the reason i bring it up uh ginger boy treats yes delicious jam hi joel this delicious jam it's very delicious do you want jam you should go follow him on instagram and get some delicious jam yeah so this is not sponsored it's just Just, who doesn't love who doesn't love jam jam pickled things spicy things my mother-in-law sent uh brian back with pickled green beans oh my my gosh gosh. pickled green beans so good so good so good uh, <laughs> it's been years since i've had pickled green beans i don't think i'd ever even had them did she used oh to make them God. for you guys when you were kids yeah i must have that's uh, yeah i definitely had them at her house oh my god did she make so them good. i didn't realize she made them she made them wow she made them we finished them yesterday and brian my husband was like gonna dump the like liquid and i was like no (laughs) the delicious pickling liquid i'm gonna put other green beans in that and make inferior an inferior product but uh so thank you guys yeah so nice to read all these messages yeah so 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 nice um other people have written us um and unfortunately by the time this episode is actually up, those people might have said it was okay to say their names. Yeah. But while we're recording it, they have not. So right. apologies for that. Hi, guys. Hey. Um, <laughs> so I told you earlier today that I was excited about this episode. Yeah. And I am still excited about it. Good. Um, we're going to do a Bermuda Triangle story. Ooh, okay. We probably we promised this. I definitely promised this in like our third episode. <laughs> so <laughs> it's only taken this Listen, long. We keep our promises here at the pod crash. I don't Eventually. Know yeah. Stick around long enough. Time is an illusion. It is. It's just, it's goes it's by all, either way. 
Right, the time passes either way. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to adjust my mic. I'm so sorry, Brian, for the racket I um, assume this makes. The Bermuda Triangle, for anyone who doesn't know, this is an episode, dear friends, dear Mariah, where you will need your mental map. Yeah. And it might need to be a little bit extra detailed. So this might be an episode where briefly glancing at a physical map <laughs> or, <laughs> or you know, Google Maps or whatever, but yeah. not Apple Maps because Apple Maps is worthless. Only right, use Mariah? Apple Maps, please. I don't Mariah. know how anyone functions with Google. I don't. Dearest darling friends, if you want to briefly glance at a map, the part of the world that you're going to be peeking at, the Bermuda Triangle, in theory, right, the the area of the Earth we're talking about here is basically a little triangle from, uh, like, the tip of Florida, like Fort Lauderdale-ish, mm-hmm. to Bermuda, to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So that's the triangle that we're talking about. And uh, we're actually starting this story out in Fort Lauderdale. So take your little map and you can see that Fort Lauderdale is right above Miami. The Bermuda Triangle as a concept, right, is supposed to be a little spooky zone where planes and people and boats vanish. People have their theories Mm -hmm. as to why. Um, yeah, that's, that's the deal, I guess. That is, is that neutral enough (laughs) to start? Um, yeah. So if you look, Fort Lauderdale is right above Miami. And if you look out west or rather east of there, you can see there's the Bahamas. And if you do look west, you can see that there's the, uh, Gulf of Mexico and you have to zoom in kind of close but south of miami off the tip of uh florida there's something called key west or the florida keys right so there's uh, keys are like little they're not islands really they're like little tiny islands i guess (laughs) um they're keys (laughs) whatever i don't know yeah they're keys um and uh yeah so it's that's key west i apologize in advance but it is actually pretty important to have this map in your mind so if you put miami in the middle key west to the to the south fort lauderdale to the north bahamas to the east gulf of mexico to the west okay so lots of water uh (laughs) We are going back to December 5th, 1945, and uh, we are down in Naval Air Station Banana River. Okay. Great name. Don't know why. Right. Uh, just great name. Um, as I've mentioned before, and as you may already know, the U.S. Navy, for whatever reason, is the world's second biggest air force after the u.s air force so the u.s navy has lots and lots and lots of planes lots and lots and lots of airmen and uh we're doing trainings on december 5th 1945 trainings uh are they're running like different uh flights all day long having these like fleets of flights go out and run a training simulation and then come back just one after the other after the other after the other so we are in fort lauderdale and we have flight 19 the 19th uh training group to fly out and run this uh training Hmm. it's probably not called a simulation training (laughs) montage um so 
we've got 14 airmen total on five planes, five aircraft. We've got five TBF Avenger torpedo bombers. So the planes are, you know, World War II planes. They're supposed to, like, the trainings that they're doing are uh, to learn how to bomb uh, things in the water out of your plane. Uh, the the plane is just like a small uh, single propeller on the nose of the plane. They can fit three people in each of them. So there's 14 airmen, five planes. Uh, the people in those planes, I am going to talk about them. So this is a combined training. Uh, it's at the Navy base, but they are also... Uh, some Marines are some like U.S. Marines are also training part of this training exercise. That's the word. So heading up the leader of this particular training uh, exercise, Flight 19, is Navy Lieutenant Charles Taylor. He is 28 years old. He is leading the training uh, in in his plane. He has two Navy pilots, George and Walter. Uh Charles Taylor, the leader of this whole thing, had uh, been in the Pacific Theater, so he had fought um, the Japanese in the Pacific Islands, and he had around 2,800 flight hours, which is an awful lot, right? I mean, that's a lot of experience to gain over the course of the war. He's so young right 28 but uh he had just been training like running this kind of training exercise in miami and now he's just bumped up to fort lauderdale to do the same thing in this like combined training exercise uh the idea is so all of the pilots the in each in each aircraft there's obviously just one pilot flying and the pilots of each of those planes have been in training they all have around 300 total flight hours and about 60 in this aircraft Uh, and then the other people in the plane with them are going to drop some bombs so the training mission itself is uh, training them in navigation and uh, bombing using dead reckoning they're supposed to fly from fort lauderdale they're gonna fly east for about 65 miles to hens and chicks shoals which is just a great name yeah for some shoals yeah also don't know what shoals are i guess they are rocks because the other name for this is chicken rocks so shoals are rocks, maybe? Mm. Um, and keys are rocks? I don't know. <laughs> everything's um, rocks. I mean, we're floating Everything's rock. rocks. When you really think about it, everything's, everything's rocks. Everything's rocks. So, uh, and they're going to f- keep flying east after they, they're going to do their bombing, uh, literally drop bombs on these rocks um, to practice bomb and stuff. And then they're going to keep flying east to Grand Bahama, to the largest island in the Bahamas. They're going to fly over the Bahamas, and then they're going to turn and fly north for 140 miles. And then they're going to fly back to Fort Lauderdale, going um, southwest, right, in a diagonal, back to Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. That's what they're trying to do. The planes are fueled up. They run their pre-flight checks. Uh, They did notice that uh, 
in all five of the planes the there were no clocks in the plane and that's you part of the training is estimating speed based on time like how long it takes for the thing to get from like one point to another and estimating its speed that way but all of the pilots had watches so it's fine right so they didn't worry about that um the method of communication so at this time there is there's no radar at this base there's no radar radar on the planes there's no radar is not part of this in any way uh there is uh just the regular radios that they used to communicate with each other and the way that the radios worked is there were different channels but uh they would be able to all hear each other and they could also hear anybody who's on that channel right so the planes around them other planes other training missions doing the same thing boats in the area radio towers in the area other naval bases whatever they can all hear everybody as long as they're on the same frequency so there's no radar you have to be able to to know where you are in space you need to be able to see the other planes but you uh can the way you know where each other is is based on your navigation skills right so that's the other part of the training um they got ready they are uh supposed to take off at 145 this is a training an entire day running these like five plane training missions, right? Like one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. Yeah. They're flight 19. They're leaving in the afternoon. They're supposed to take off at 145. Oh, no. Lieutenant Charles is not here. He's running late. Oh. And I don't know why he's running late. I just don't have that information. Yeah. Um, but he's just running behind a little bit. He gets there a little late, and they end up taking off at uh, 2.10. So not super late by normal person standards, but definitely late by military standards or by aviation standards right. in general, right? Like, I would definitely get beaten (laughs) if if i caused a plane to take off 25 minutes late but i don't know what's going on they're they're they took off anyway in the end so uh it's wartime uh there is no expectation that they're going to be like constantly checking in with like air traffic control it's not like a commercial flight right the expectation is that they're going to go they're going to take off into the air and they're going to uh, communicate with each other and if they need to communicate with anybody else they can talk to other ships in the area mm-hmm. whatever but there's no expectation that they're going to be constantly like updating the base as to where they are if that makes sense and very 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 often when this story is told this is kind of the end oh. so i have seen this story told over and over and over again as flight 19 took off flew into the Bermuda tri- triangle and disappeared mm. and that's it's too bad that that's where the story ends in some ways right yeah. like it's very mysterious it's very at this time in 1945 the concept of the bermuda triangle that phrase didn't exist that was something that came to be i think in 1950 it was the first time somebody proposed the idea and it was basically like an interesting 
you know, sci-fi idea. And this story was one of the stories that was first printed in the magazine that, that kind of invented the idea of the Bermuda Triangle. But it's not actually where the story ends, right? Mm. Like it's not the end. So they take off at, at 210 and uh, they fly out and around 3 p.m., a ship nearby, so just a ship floating along that can overhear the radio communications of these training missions, uh, could hear one of the trainees ask permission to drop his last bomb, meaning that around 3 p.m., they had they were wrapping up their the actual bombing portion of the training mission after which again they're supposed to keep flying east fly over grand bahama fly north then fly back to fort lauderdale Mm -hmm. 40 minutes later around 3 40 a different navy flight uh, that is doing the same training mission, right? But is just not not the same training mission, right? But run, it, does that, like another round of these planes that's running the same mission mm-hmm. can overhear Flight 19 talking to each other, those aircraft talking to each other. Oh. After a little while, they can hear a plane that doesn't identify itself call EJ, the Marine that is the piloting the uh, one of the planes, what his compass reading is. And EJ calls back to that unidentified plane and says, I don't know where we are. We must have gotten lost after that last turn. And Robert Powers, who or Robert, uh, Lieutenant Robert, is the leader of the training mission that's overhearing this conversation. And Robert can hear EJ is in trouble. And he says, uh, like, calls them and says, this is flight F-74, plane or boat calling EJ, please identify yourself so someone can help you. And they can hear, like, some chatter and some other planes. Like, suddenly there's a bunch of planes on the radio saying, like, like talking over each other, saying that they need help. And after that all dies down, Charles Taylor, the leader of Flight 19, calls and says, uh, this is F-28. That's the name of his actual aircraft. And uh, Lieutenant... Uh, Robert, who's flying the mission that's overhearing this, calls back and says, F-28, this is F-74. What is your trouble? Like, what's going on? And Charles answers, both of my compasses are out. And I'm trying to find Fort Lauderdale. I'm over land, but it's broken. I am sure I'm in the Keys, but I don't know how far down, and I don't know how to get to Fort Lauderdale. Robert told him, like, okay, we'll fly north, right? Put the sun on your left wing and fly north. And if you're in the Keys, then you'll be in Fort Lauderdale in no time at all, right? The Keys are not that far south of of the rest of Florida. Right. 
and then he calls base and says like hey you know flight 19 is having some trouble like they're lost and the base calls robert back and says uh can you ask flight 19 if his plane has a trans a yg transmitter basically like a transponder kind of uh and that could help us triangulate his position right we can find out where he is that way and they didn't get an answer like charles didn't respond to that mm. at 4 45 two and a half hours after they had first taken off Charles calls and says, we are heading 030 degrees for 45 minutes. Then we will fly north to make sure we're not in the Gulf of Mexico. So he's saying we're going to fly east and then fly north. And that way we will know we're not in the Gulf of Mexico. It doesn't make sense yeah. right where he thinks he is doesn't make sense he thinks that they're over the florida keys south of the rest of florida and he's trying to make sure that he doesn't fly too far west and just fly out into the gulf of mexico right. so he's flying east and north but he's actually, the, the islands he's seeing underneath them, he's actually way out east past the Bahamas, flying east, and then planning to fly north, right. where there is nothing. There's nothing but ocean out there. Oh, gosh. The base calls and asks them if they'll switch frequencies so they can talk more easily and they can like distinguish their communications from the rest of the communications don't get an answer after a few minutes they call back and say like will you switch to the emergency frequency right like so yeah. we can just like isolate our conversation and he answers i cannot switch frequencies i need to keep my planes intact so he's there's a lot of of confusion and panic and fear that they're starting to experience and they are lost so again there's no radar nobody is going to be able to just like find them there's planes all over the place right this is uh, th there's planes everywhere nobody knows where they are they're dependent on reports from the planes to tell them where the plane is but the planes don't know where they are at 4 56 they call back again don't get an answer at five o'clock, they can hear over here Lieutenant Charles saying to the other planes in his group, change course to 090, due east for 10 minutes. And then another person on another one of those five planes gets on the radio and says, damn it, if we could just fly west we would get home head west damn it Jeez. and they can hear that they're starting to argue over the radio everybody's like ch like chiming in over the radio but they just keep flying east 
the weather is starting to deteriorate. The weather's getting worse and Ugh. worse and worse. The sea is getting choppier and choppier. It's harder and harder to hear them because at this time, the closer the the radio, the closer the person who's transmitting to you was, the louder they would be. And the further away they are, the quieter they will be. And they can hear them, but they're getting quieter and quieter and quieter and quieter as they fly farther and farther away. At some point, there's three radio towers that actually manage to lock on to that transmitter in Lieutenant Charles' plane. He had never responded affirmatively that it was on, but it was on. And they all honed in on it and actually got a triangulation. Now, this triangulation is loosey-goosey. It's within 100 nautical miles, so within whatever, an 85 miles Oof. radius. So yeah, it's rough. somewhere within, right, not that helpful, but somewhere within this 85-mile radius, they know that it's it's got to be somewhere in there. And they are out in the ocean like they are flying completely the wrong way they're off the course uh, way off the coast oh. the east coast of florida and north of the bahamas they can hear charles saying we'll fly 270 degrees west until landfall or running out of gas so they have decided to turn back west at 524 it's very close to dark. This is December, so the sun is going down. Charles called into the base for a weather check, so we actually called them on purpose uh, and asked about the weather, and they said the weather is actually getting like worse and worse and worse and worse. At 5.50, the radio towers, again, are able to triangulate them and, like again, kind of get that. It's still like a an 85 mile radius approximately but they're they're able to like see okay like this is approximately where they are they're somewhere in this area and the last thing they'd heard they were flying west where which would bring them back to land but at 604 they can hear again they're hearing they're overhearing their conversations holding 270 we didn't fly far enough east we may as well just turn around and fly east again oh at this point, it's pitch black out, completely dark. And the, the, everyone at the base that's been waiting and waiting and waiting for them to come back is like, okay, we have to send somebody out to rescue them. We have to send some planes out to, to go see if you can just find them and guide them back because they are going to run out of fuel and they're clearly lost if they're talking about turning around and going back back east but again the weather is getting worse and worse and worse they at 6 p.m they send three planes out to look for them as well as like telling all the ships in the area to look out for them they send two pbm mariners they're boat planes yeah. that theoretically could land on the water if the planes did go down and they needed to rescue people out of the water and they send one uh, pby Catalina. So they send out three planes to just look for them in the darkness and hope that they can find them. At 6.20, they can hear Charles saying to his men, all planes close up now tight. 
we'll have to ditch unless landfall. When the first plane drops below 10 gallons, we'll all go down together. Oh. And that was it. They never heard another word. Oh, my gosh. Those three planes, they're out searching for them in the dark, are flying square patterns where they're going up and down uh, in, like, trying to basically make sure that they're doing a thorough check of each area instead of just overflying it and potentially missing something. Around 9.15, hours and hours and hours after, like, they've heard anything, out in the dark, a Navy ship can see an explosion, and they can see fire leaping into the air 10 feet from the air, and they call in to report that. One of those... PBM Mariners, one of the rescue planes with 13 people on board, never came back either. Jeez. 27 young men, months after World War II ended, yeah. just fly out and never come back. God. So... Usually this story, pretty much always, I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, whatever you want to say, this is maybe the most famous Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle story. It's part of what gave birth to that concept in the first place because it is very eerie, right? I mean, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine having like your sons or your fathers your brothers like after the end of the war just vanish yeah and it's eerie it's creepy to to have yeah and the disorientation their compasses not working and so what that that's how it's usually told so what actually happened here so the Navy would eventually put out a 500-page report on this incident. Uh, very, very lengthy. It only took them a few months to put out, which is amazing. But they mm. they put out this report, and they they had to, like, interview. There's no transcript. There's nothing's recording, right? So there's, there's no... There's no, like, flight data recorder. They never found any pieces of the planes. They never recovered anything. But there's also no recording that would ever have existed of any of these transcripts. So they had to go around and interview people. They had to interview, like, all of the ships, all of the bases, all of the planes that had been flying around, interview everybody to, like, recreate a transcript, to recreate what everyone could remember, to uh, try. They looked and looked and looked and looked for any sign of any of the aircraft at all. And in the end, when they put out their report, they said... The observations in the initial report that they came out with said, you know, flight leader Lieutenant Charles Taylor mistakenly believed that the small islands he passed were the Florida Keys. Mm. He had just he had been in Miami before this. Right. Like Miami had been where he was based. And when he was in Miami, they had run training missions over the Florida Keys. 
when he passed over the Bahamas like he was supposed to, he did do what he was supposed to do. He led his flight northeast over the Atlantic. Some of the... Some of the people, like the other officers, the other uh, soldiers, the other airmen, rather, the other Marines, the other people in those other planes definitely knew they were going the wrong way. Yeah. They definitely knew they were going the wrong way. In the report, they said Taylor was not at fault because his compasses stopped working. Yeah. It, his compasses didn't stop working. His compasses didn't stop working. He was spatially disoriented. Right. His compasses were working fine. If he had just followed the compasses. Oh my God. But in the report, they said, oh, well, it's not his fault because then they, they don't, even the way it was written, they actually amended it after his mother. So Charles' mother contended that that it was not fair to blame him at all because they never found any physical evidence and the navy was basically like sure and you got it lady and they changed it to like cause unknown from saying like he led the plane the wrong the planes the wrong way because his compass has stopped working which is 100% 100% code for because he was spatially disoriented and thought they were not working right. but his mom was still not having it so officially and again she didn't want her son who had been a war hero right. to then be blamed for the death of 26 other people right. you know and I, I so okay so the issues are I'm not in any way trying to beat up on him, obviously. I hope, you know, everybody knows that. But there are things about this. The disorientation Mm. is so extreme in this case, because if Flight 19 had actually been where he seemed to think it was, then he would have only been 20 minutes from Fort Lauderdale. Right. Like, you wouldn't need to fly for hours and hours running out of fuel. Right. But his disorientation was so extreme and we don't know how many times they switched directions because at one point they were flying back West. And if they had not turned around at that point, they would have come back to the land with that before they ran out of fuel. But Uh. they, he was disoriented and he didn't trust his instruments and he, didn't trust the other people and that level of confusion and disorientation the weather was getting worse there's some reports that he was saying that the like the the sea looks strange and like you know anybody who's you know been near water on a cloudy day it can definitely start to look like it's all the same color right like the really 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 intense confusion so another thing thing that might have added to this so he was actually where he was supposed to be but he may have seen 
these uh, islands, right, that would have been to the left of him and thought that they were Grand Bahama, thought that they were the island, and that they kind of, like, again, in the investigation came to think that maybe if he saw this island from this angle and thought it was this, then that would start, like, the start off this trail of like intense confusion and disorientation and because like you're using if you're using reference points if your first reference point is off right like you're you're not gonna win in that right and the the first person outside of those five planes who communicated that with them and i'm definitely not blaming this guy either but um Lieutenant Robert on the other training mission, right? He said he like he heard Lieutenant Charles say that he was flying over the keys and couldn't get back to Fort Lauderdale. And he said, like, yo, just fly north. You'll get there. Right? Like he told him, like, yeah, Yeah. north, go for it. And which is accurate based on the information that he had, but not at all accurate to the situation, not at all accurate to where they were. The other thing is that it seems like people, the back and forth communication was extremely inconsistent. And by that, Mm -hmm. I mean, people did try to communicate stuff to them. Like they tried to communicate to them uh, once they'd like triangulated their positions and say like, this is approximately where you are. You using that information, right, should be able to get back. But again, once you, we've had a lot of flights that, what's horrible about this is it's hours and hours and hours. And some of the men on those planes are so like, know that they're going the wrong way. They know they're going the wrong way. And I guess what I think about is like, if you were, if you were going the wrong way and you know that you're going the wrong way and you're being led by somebody who's, who's telling you it's the right way, but you like know with every fiber of your being that it's the wrong way. It's it's horrible. Right. And, and it was one of the things the Navy talked about is like, why didn't they just turn around? Like just, if it's life or death, why don't you just turn around and fly back? Like, just forget it, like get court-martialed if that's what's going to happen. But, and they, the Navy said like, you know, well, there's, I mean, the, the hierarchy is such a intense, like uh, pronounced thing in the military, right? Though they don't want to be insubordinate, but I actually kind of wonder, I think about like, if I was positive that we were going the wrong way, but the person in charge, the person who's leading this, swears that this is the correct way, yeah. right? And he's clearly confused. And that, I can definitely see how that could make me wonder if, like, he seems confused and certain that it's the right way. Am I confused right. and certain this is the right way? Yeah. You know, like, this person who is in charge, like, this person who has way more experience than me, yeah. has, you know, done way more than me, if they can be confused, maybe I'm the confused one. I don't know. I can just see, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's brutal. Gosh. The, um... The other plane, the rescue plane that never returned, which definitely compounds the mystery if that's 
what you're yeah. hearing this story for, right? Which again, to each their own, right? But the the that flight, the day before that plane, that aircraft, that mariner, the day prior, one day before, had had some kind of problem and in the report that was written about the problem they just wrote like that the plane went aground due to engine failure like on december 4th 1945 Mm. and went aground is not what's that what's went aground Right. right like what does that mean like did it have a went aground it is a boat plane so it shouldn't ever be on the ground at all right unless something's being done with it right right? so maybe went to ground just means that there was an engine problem and they took the plane out of the water to repair it did it mean that it landed on the ground because it was having an engine problem like what so but whatever the issue was that was the fire that they saw almost certainly that that boat saw like in the water when they saw an explosion and saw like oh, flames wow. in the water that was almost certainly the mariner plane like that was right Jeez. yeah probably and horrible horrible so yeah. they think it it had some kind of catastrophic failure and exploded in the air which again is just horrific it's so i it is so horrible. I can't deal with how horrible it would be to have your someone you love die after the war was over. Yeah. That is so much worse. Yeah. Especially so close I to mean, it, like being over. Because there's right. you're in that like relief time. You know, right. you're in that like, okay, you know. Right. Ugh. That's brutal. And for like, I mean, the other I guess like the other commanders, I can't imagine being like a a World War II like naval commander, and then on a training mission. I don't know, like right, ugh, right, but, but that's there's a lot that's been like said and written about this. Like it is very, very, very famous. I've and there's like never an, heard of this before. It's so funny. I don't know Do how. you not? Are you, do you not are you into like the have you ever read like the creepy like Bermuda Triangle stuff or uh, not, is that not your not too too much yeah not too too much I mean I've heard I've heard like some of the the stories but more so about like ships and stuff I've never heard of or maybe I've heard of it but I haven't known the story you know it's kind of one of those mm. like I haven't looked into it yeah that's fair that's fair and again the way it's usually talked about is in just like a list of things that disappeared gotcha right in this region of the world and this one is i think part of the eeriness of this one is that it was extended for hours and they were like talking about their compasses not working which is one of the spooky bermuda triangle things Mm. it's supposed to be that the compasses don't work and i guess what it what it's meant to be might be that like the i'm not even gonna try to i i don't know i just think i'll be honest dearest darling friends (laughs) i think it's just like a busy part of the world like a busy lots of boats in that area so maybe boats will sink sometimes because yeah and i mean it's that yeah. area is known for bad weather so 
Yeah, like, it is where hurricanes live. Right, right. Yeah. I, don't I guess I don't, wrong. I don't. Maybe we're wrong. But I just, I don't know. That's, I'll be honest, the thing that I kind of, maybe I shouldn't be this honest, I don't know. <laughs> like, I think that, you know how, like, if somebody is just, like, like a little bit off, like you just have like a slightly different view from them. Yeah. You can kind of like talk about it. But like if if I'm talking to somebody about this and they're like, bro, it's Atlantis, then I would just be like, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of how I feel. I yeah. kind of feel like this is actually pretty explainable. Like this is an explainable tragedy. Right. Like spatial disorientation is one of the horrible things that can happen. They had way fewer resources than we would. You know, there's no radar would have solved this yeah, right like easily, or right. or just uh, better there's a lot of things that we have now that would keep something like this from happening but if you think it's atlantis somehow or aliens or whatever then it's just like right sure champ yeah like yeah. maybe yeah i mean it's it's possible it's possible right uh <laughs> Uh, 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 is it possible (laughs) i just think like you do you right i don't know if i I can go as far as to say it's possible right fair (laughs) fair fair that's my you do you it's possible yeah 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 Yeah, that's 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 reasonable (laughs) like your your feelings are reasonable right right. (laughs) but um i don't know oh yeah but that's it what's interesting is like the i don't know there's you can find a lot of um the like obituaries and stuff Mm. of these men yeah because they are well a because a lot of those obituaries and information about soldiers like a lot of that has been uh preserved intentionally right but also because this is a a pretty famous story and there's stuff just like i don't know like his there's no point to this i guess but just things like captain charles mother lived until 1973 wow and just stuff like that it's just like oh right oh gosh right yeah it's tough and I mean, they were yeah. young, right? They were super, super young. Yeah, they're all young. I think I don't. I I think definitely. I'm almost certain that all of them were under thirty. Um, but most of them were in the more like early twenties. Yeah. And um, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. But listen, I mean, you, um, we yeah. we have learned more about the Bermuda Triangle we have this episode a yes, lot more than i had where it known is. previously it's that i did not know that that wasn't your kind of like spooky story it seems like it would be i mean it definitely yeah. is it 100 is like i'm one trillion percent gonna go look up youtube videos about this now oh yeah they, they abound i just didn't um yeah i think it's that kind of thing like i don't i'm not usually into super like hoaxy kind of stuff or like you know yeah uh that kind of thing yeah but i don't know yeah that's wild 
let me know if you know that channel they did the um like best jack the ripper doc i've ever seen in my entire life yeah. like it's so good it's so good so many of them are so bad and there's a so good yeah. but like let me know on youtube has i think quite a good bermuda triangle oh, cool. kind of like let's just talk about each of these like by itself and actually talk about what happened right. instead of like stacking it like a pile of um you know just kind of i think that maybe things are more weird than people realize in general right right i kind of think that's the thing yeah yeah i mean there's like there's just so many different things that happen in one day <laughs> that yeah. that it's i mean there's a lot of weird things that happen in a day yeah just so many weird things and i think like, yeah and i think yeah. people exactly like they um i don't know i don't want to get too harsh but right i think everything is so 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 weird exactly and all the time so much weirdness all the time and i think that there's i think it's really genuinely delightful like it is a delight to kind of like just enjoy spooky stuff yeah exactly right? like spooky stuff yeah. is great and so you don't i don't think that i don't think that i think i'll say it like this i think that getting into spooky stuff and then keep doing research and then maybe it's like a different emotion than spooky by the end of mm. your reading mm -hmm. like maybe you're spooked at first and then it's like a different emotion yeah. at the end that is fine all that's a good time right yes. great romp the like wet blanket thing who wants that nobody right. wants that right, right. right like spooky stuff is fun yeah spooky stuff is interesting and uh it's but it's like also nice to yeah. i mean that's the the thing that i love about like listening to these stories is that um you know when you're when you're not someone who like dabbles in aviation you you don't really hear the back end of all of that you know you don't hear what actually went down in the cockpit or you know what yeah. was wrong with the plane totally. or you know um right. and so i think it's it becomes more difficult for me to uh kind of you know, I don't know if it's explainable, right? Like if it's explainable, yeah, let's go with, with the facts, you know? Yeah. I think that I feel way, I feel maybe unfairly, but like I feel very differently about, like, I feel if somebody is like, I've heard some crazy, like ideas about what might have really happened with like TWA 800 mm -hmm. and it's kind of like okay yeah let's talk about it because that one I've had like a lot of conversations about that because yeah. like dearest darling friends by all means write us and tell me I'm wrong because I don't know everything but I, f I feel very confident that we know exactly what happened with TWA 800 mm -hmm. and that it was like pure maintenance yeah. like it was purely a failure of like the FQIS system and an overlooked almost empty fuel tank right yeah. and the overheating hot air conditioner right like i feel very confident in that yeah. and if somebody is like it was definitely like 
the FBI and bin Laden teaming up to like <laughs> blow up TW800. Right. I feel like yeah. a little mad. Like I feel like that, that makes me feel yeah. like, oh, like why, right. <laughs> why do you think that that doesn't make any sense? Right. And if, but like with spooky stuff, I'm more like, yeah, like it's kind of fun to be spooked. Yeah. Like, like we can, can ride this together and it's, it's kind of Maybe. harmless. Yeah. And I loved Atlantis, the Disney movie Atlantis. So good. So good. Listen, I know a lot of people. Okay, not a lot, but I know a handful of people who truly believe in Atlantis. Oh, okay. I and that's the thing. Yeah. Like, like truly with their whole heart. We can all agree that I hope we can all agree that <laughs> Disney's Atlantis was underrated. Yes. And underappreciated. Great and so good and he got or whatever yeah all of it (laughs) all of them one of each that i feel like the movie that movie specifically i wanted to be any anybody from that movie like i would happily become almost anybody except for like the weird villains or whatever but like all of like the cast just like yeah weird mole guy big strong guy cool magic girl archaeologist boy like yeah i want to be any of these people all of them have a life that i would like to have for me so and that's fun yeah yeah love it (laughs) love it love it uh is your is your fact about the sea um no actually my original fact i'm gonna do uh a side fact too just to clear this up we're getting two facts all the time it's it's uh I couldn't find, so we talked about what a key was, so I, we have to define it, of course. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. A key is a small, low-lying coral island. So it is an island. Oh, but it's coral. Coral, yeah, which is cool. Interesting. That's pretty cool. And yeah. a shoal, I, I have no idea. I can't find it anywhere. I think it's, it's like a German word and a Dutch word that means... A German word and a Dutch word. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, derives from... Yeah, 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 yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> I don't really yeah. know how languages work, guys. They're they're maybe very similar. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to like accidentally step on someone's right, toes. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Um. Yeah, it's like a a surname, I guess. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's oh. I, I don't know. Sure. Maybe that's like. I could not find it. Well, maybe I'm spelling our, it incorrectly. I don't know. Who's our girl? Who I um, know. I was trying to think from what Alabama was, Shoals. Yeah. Was it? Is it? It's not Alabama. No, it's not. It's I couldn't remember Shoals what the in Shoals Alabama. was. Uh, Shoals. <laughs> Alabama Shoals. Laura, Laura. <laughs> I hope it's okay that we're saying your name, Laura. From. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say your name no, and where you're from. Yeah, but <laughs> there's no e. But Shoals. There's no e. S H O A L S. Shoals. But all I know is. Shoals are rocks, right? It's got to be rocks. It's got to be. This episode's going to be a bitch to <laughs> I'm so edit. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's my fault, too. No, no, no. It's mutual. But it we is. pushed through and recorded tonight. So, um, this is, yeah. <laughs> my second fact is we'll find out what a shoal is and get back to you. If, if you know what a shoal is, let us know. It's got to be some rocks, right? Yeah. It's got to be rocks. It, has. it sounds rocky. Yeah geographical shoals locations it's got to be rocks it's rocks right yeah we'll go with rocks for now we'll do a little more research we need like an ocean i would really like i will say 
I do think like I have I don't know why but I have like my growing list of episodes I would like to do if we do a second show of like whatever stories that are not aviation and some of them are like stories of the sea and I will definitely need to learn some of these terms some of these phrases (laughs) yeah Yeah, some of these terms some of the vocab yeah some of the vocab (laughs) I know somebody I had a friend who was Swedish and in Sweden becoming a mariner seems like a much more or not a mariner but like a i don't know a person who works on a boat yeah seafarer sea captain seafarer seems like a much more of a like option in life yeah like something people become where i would be very excited to meet somebody around here (laughs) who is like i'm gonna yeah work on boats right but um he would probably know stuff yeah what a shoal is but yeah Oh, what was the other fact? Uh, so the other fact is, did you know that the only United States state uh, where you can vote from space is Texas? Really? Yeah. That was a weird way to Has somebody that, but... voted yeah, from space? Yeah, yeah. Uh, most of the astronauts live in Texas, so they, they have to do their... Oh. They are, I'm sorry, they allow you to submit absentee ballots from space. Wow. And I think I was like going through my mind, like, how does that work exactly? They probably fill it out before they go. But they don't like have the ballots made depending on when they go up. I don't know. I don't know how it works. And I couldn't find out. Like it just talked about how like the astronauts actually did voting, but it didn't say, you know, the mechanism mechanism of which. Yeah. Yeah. So a That's bunch wild. of astronauts have voted from space. And Texas is the only place that lets you do it. All right. Like, All right well, Texas, Texas. Good on you. Yeah. Good on you. That, that, I mean, there has to be, it has to be legal to just tell somebody, like, fill in this bubble on the ballot, right? Like, it has to be legal because people are blind or disabled in some way and wouldn't be able to do that right so there has to be like a legal mechanism by which you can just tell another person right fill this out right right i mean i don't right i don't know do astronauts get stuff in space they're not getting mail in space right well, they're not sending any back certainly right, right? i don't know yeah I have no maybe idea. they are maybe there's a whole system and we just don't maybe know about there's it. just a really long tube and we you know like that the would bank. be ideal <laughs> like the bank tube that would be so great just, like pneumatic oh, tubes yeah. oh love it <laughs> don't suspect <laughs> that that's how no, no. That that's the way because it like blasts past right it's like not right. it's not like stink sticking with us right it's like keeps going you can like watch it go across the sky sometimes yeah. space is cool oh, i like space so, cool. so good okay yeah we're off the rails we are. not really but <laughs> enough enough but oh i love you so so much mariah too. i'm so glad that you're along for this ride yeah. and uh it's been a great we love ride. all of you we love each and every we one really of you really do and uh
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you've made it this far to the end, maybe you already know that you can email us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com or message us on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, We love all of you to death. And uh, thank you so, so much to all of you who have written us already. Thank you to people who have sent us cool videos and like all the kinds of like interesting, cool things, corrections, more information about stuff from the past that we've done. It's, it's so, so, so fun to get to know you guys. So thank you for writing us and uh, we'll see you next week.